This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because those are playing Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. From now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica, and with me today is my lovely, amazing, glorious, purple-haired, fresh out of the shower, and very successful with her girl pants on, Amanda! That wasn't too bad. That was pretty good. That was epic. Thanks. I was like, <laughs> I feel super empowered right now. My pleasure. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. As you say, purple haired, fresh out of the shower and with my big girl pants on. Yeah, I forgot good. the big. I just told people that you have pants on, which, well, I guess you have most of the time. But How do you know? Maybe I go commando. Maybe you do go commando. Maybe I do. But up until now, you never had to turn off your camera when you went for pee. And that happens more often than not. So I guess you have pants on now as well. True. <laughs> How's you? Good. We had just established that. I had, you know, good. The good is good. Oh, the good is good. Sorry. The good is good. Yeah. Um, how's fried. you? Brain is fried. Mm. It's a Monday. No, it's not. Oh, it feels like a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah other than that i don't know i'm a bit i find the internet quite horrible place in the last couple of days mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a bit it's a bit rough around the edges <laughs> i feel that a yeah. lot yeah yeah because the internet is such a vile place in the last couple of days. I mean, it's probably always been, but I think that's also a bit of the reason why we want to take this opportunity today and talk a bit about our geek highs and lows, because I it felt a bit fitting. It is fitting. And it's also fitting for personal, like for you and me, because we've actually been talking about the duality of things lately, Monica. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Amanda so, is a and and if people don't know Amanda can tarot read and she tarot read for me and it was fucking ridiculous how accurate it was <laughs> <laughs> which was very irritating and stuff at the same time sorry but it was a nice reading it was a nice reading sorry it, for being right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it, I mean, it came up a lot also in the last couple of episodes that we did always the, when you'd say duality, so because it always seems like there is only one right answer to things and then all the si both sides get so angry about the other side's opinion that there is no common ground for anything anymore and also no common ground for discussion and stuff, um, which I think is why we probably all need to embrace the duality of things more that things can exist at the same time even though it doesn't seem like it i guess which is also why we talk about the highs and lows today because i don't know it's both valid 
And it is both felt. And it's like just because things are maybe a little bit less great than we would normally like them to be right now, that doesn't mean that there's not also some really cool stuff happening as well in the geek community that we <clears throat> kind of want to celebrate. Yeah. Or I like from the English quote, it's easier to see the difference when you're sitting on the fence. True. That is not wrong. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to tell me something that was a moment in your geek life that was something that you will always remember as a super high and something you, you love thinking back to, putting you on the spot. <laughs> okay, so a moment that I constantly think back to. And I have to preface this that it's now slightly tarnished, but I am also not, I'm holding it as a memory for what it was. Um, and it was being in Edinburgh in 2005, 2005, yes, summer 2005, um, at a midnight release of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and standing on Prince's Street, looking up at midnight over um, at Edinburgh Castle and at midnight fireworks were going off because the author was there doing a live reading and right at midnight she started reading and the fireworks went off and like I was down at the other bookstore um, in line <laughs> um, with with somebody that uh, I don't know what their relation to me at the time was not a boyfriend but not not a boyfriend um, <laughs> and so, a casual fling a thing yeah and um yeah it was really amazing and like we got the book um in edinburgh like on princess street like it meant so much to me we walked home in the rain um because obviously it's edinburgh it rains um we walked home and we sat in his living room like at one o'clock in the morning reading out loud to each other like the first uh, i think we read about 10 chapters and that is probably one of my favorite geeky memories because I'm like, this guy was not geeky, but he was he was super into the geek for me. And I was like, so cool. And it was just everything because it was perfect. It was like my favorite book, my favorite franchise, um, a magical midnight opening in Edinburgh watching the fireworks. And I was like, it couldn't have been any more perfect for what it was. Yeah, I think that's also the reason. Um we have so many memories. I read an article today that it's now 20 years that since the book came out and 20 years of our life, this has been something that has been positively affecting us for most of the time. And it has had, has had such a positive effect on us for, for so long that I'm also, despite it being really hard and also in the, in, in all in the chat says as well that, he adores Harry Potter, but he just can't stand um, with her, which is exactly what I'm like 100% what my feeling as well. And I had a tougher time and I still have a tough time to be like, can I even wear the shirts anymore? Can I write with a pen that I have right now? But I'm not letting her ruin stuff that has been so good for me for 20 years of my life now. because. It's not her that gave me that gave me that. It's the people that I found through the books um, that gave me that. And it's not up to her to take that away from me now. Which is, I'm like, I made the best. So many good friends because of that franchise. I had, like, I don't want her to ruin this 
for me as she's already ruining everything for so many people already who used her books as a as a place to to find something that they couldn't get in real life i guess as well and i just i don't want to give her more power than she's already taking upon herself and one that she's also using to hurt people that are already in pain if you know what i mean so and i'm like i'm not giving her more p power to take all other things away from me that have been great for me because she's already putting so much hurt and pain out there right now where i'm like that's enough you're not getting more of that you don't you can't do that to anyone else anymore you're hurting everybody enough as you as you are right now so you're not getting that last bit of me that's mine yeah it's like she can't tarnish our memories like she can't take the memories um that we have and i know that we both have like really strong memories associated with harry potter and it's they're, they're always going to be there mm. it's just how we i guess move forward yeah. with the, the new knowledge and still honoring the whole experience like you say it's 20 years of my life like it literally is 20 years because i i found them when i was 14 years old and yeah. like that's a long time like that's almost as long as my relationship with nick carter you know? <laughs> that's the, my relationship with nick carter is older than that <laughs> Well, only just like, okay, well, we're coming up on 30 years there, but like, you know. <laughs> I agree with you there. But maybe we need to take this this the situation at it, as it is now to embrace more of the more creators that already work with the stories that we love, but in a way that we can embrace them more and with a way that we can identify with them more. Um Because it's really painful to see that people that we know um, in in a similar in the same Discord that we're both part of they they have to to take the the franchise and work with that even though they can't identify with it anymore and I feel that's so much pain that they have to go through um, because of that. But if we take this opportunity now and find creators that stand with what we believe in as well. On the basis of the story that we love, maybe that can be something that elevates that even more um, and takes away from the pain that she's causing. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. Like, I think that it's, there are so many authors and creators out there who are creating diverse characters, like not just race, racially diverse, but like in terms of gender and sexuality and religion like there's so much out there that it doesn't have to just be like oh here's a, an entire group of white witches and wizards uh oh here's a black guy too <laughs> like <laughs> uh you just need to look at like one of our favorite series uh by robin hobb like it was such a diverse like uh incredibly diverse yeah. and ultra feminist like fantasy series of 17 novels And like, it was, it just, it, when you're reading it, it didn't or, like scream like, hello, I'm like, uh, like these characters are diverse. These characters are gender fluid. These characters like are, are every race that you can think of. Like it didn't scream that when you're reading it, but mm -hmm. it's like looking back and reflecting, you're like, why can't all books do this? Like, why can't yeah. all books just embrace this kind of diversity without making it a, a huge deal a like i'm not saying thing. it's yeah like i'm not yep. saying that diverse books aren't a huge deal but i just feel like 
it doesn't have to be like the main focus of the book like it can just be there naturally exactly what you mean it's when it's made a topic it's seems more artificial than when it's just happening and i feel it's the same way that's what i felt personally felt a lot with the last of us 2 for example that it wasn't really something that was look at me i'm this is a gay relationship and 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 all and stuff like that it 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 was just there um which is normalizing it of course and i think that's exactly what what you're saying is we need to not make this such a big of a topic it just needs to represent everyday life and that's what's happening in everyday life you have people of all races you have people of all genders you have people of all sexualities and i think um that's just what what how how, how it needs to be portrayed in books in movies in in podcasts everywhere and everything um so that number one people can feel represented as well and not feel so out of place in the world because they are not out of place it's just wrongly represented and for everybody else to see that this is just normal and nobody is a threat to you just because they love someone that you love as well or don't love as well like what what is the fucking deal with that in general like can't even i don't know i mean personally i'm feeling a little bit vulnerable because you and frasley both have love for nick carter and like there can only be one lover and what what are you i mean maybe maybe we should start out with him being married and all so you should first and foremost have a serious conversation with his wife okay (laughs) And then we can deal with where we're gonna, um, where we're gonna go from there. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I was actually talking to Frasley through the week about how easy it would be to create like a more diverse range of characters in books. Um, I was reading a series that you told me about, Monica. Um, Rainbow Rowell? No. 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 Bella. Some. This is how good it was. Um, <laughs> The one, the Harlequin something? Yeah. The one we Har- got for Melanie. Harley, Harley Merlin? Haley Merlin. Oh, something like that. Something like that. I don't remember what it's called. I'm really sorry. Because when I realized that the author was pumping out like four to five to six books a year, I was like, this is, there's like 18, 19, 20 books in this series and they're not that good. But there was like four kind of main characters, four, four men and four women. Um, all white, and of course they all coupled up like totally heterosexually together. And I was like, there was just like it was would have been really easy to do something like have like two of the guys get together or two of the girls get together, or have somebody be like, actually, I'm not really interested in this. Like, why did they all have to couple up? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read the books. I can't even say anything. I don't to really it. recommend them. Just okay fyi thanks i mean they're fine but they're not like ah, this is the best book ever i was like i mean it kept me going when i was dying in the middle of the night for for like five days in a row okay watermelon <laughs> added in the chat that um he's worried that people's reaction to the relationship in the last of us was already oh, okay um and he worries um to think what level people will actually be willing to as- accept accept that and at number one i totally see that but number two i'm already one also wondering how loud is like just because the negativity is so loud 
doesn't mean that it's so big. Like we always hear those who scream the loudest are not necessarily representing the majority of people. Um, because I mean, the weirdo is probably not very, <laughs> not from the feminist kind, but he also just didn't give a flying fuck about it. And like, he was like, that was the normal thing for him to happen in a video game. And I'm like, there are probably so many more like him out, out there, which are like, I'm totally fine with that. And that's just how it is. And it's not even a topic, but he's not out there shouting and being all like, this is the worst or this is the best or anything. It's just normal. Um, mm -hmm. But the ones who are going like the mobs will always at least at the very beginning, the mobs will always be the loudest and the mobs will always be the ones who seem so threatening. But if you look at them close enough, I'm not sure if they're big enough. And I'm at least that's probably my me being op overly optimistic about the world and still thinking it's not the worst place of all times. But um, yeah, the I just hope that it's not the majority of people except them being also so, so loud. I don't know. That's just me being. Yeah. I mean, I think mistake. there is a big silent majority of people that like they just accept it and they yeah. don't talk about it because there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Like they're, they're just like, okay, that is what it is. And I do think that that silent majority is a majority mm -hmm. just because they're not there shouting their views from the rooftops like we do um, mm -hmm. as a not silent majority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't mean that they're not like, like you say, when it comes to the weirdo, he, he was just like, yep, it is what it is. It, but it's the vocal minority who are the ones that make the most noise and mm. like scream that this is wrong, that this is bad, that this isn't normal. Um, and exactly what Fandangly just said in chat there, it's weird to go up on the roof and shout, it's fine and normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I always do have the hope that idiots and mobs die out eventually, but I know they kind of can't die out because they also reproduce and produce new idiots. But um, then also, I think at least we had the, the nice interview that's not yet out, um, but maybe we should just add it on, on the... Um, just as a cider for people who probably don't listen. We had an interview with... Uh, feminists from uh, with professor talib who is a feminist in the second wave feminism and she basically gave us a bit of hope um in the interview that we had with her um because even though it seems to us probably that nothing has been happening in the last couple of years or at least so little has been happening in the last couple of years she basically um gave us hope that that's not the case that actually compared to what she has gone through a lot has already happened and we basically have to pass on the torch and we pr we're probably not the ones who are going to be like um solving the problem but we we pass the torch on to the next generation and and the next generation is already making it be making better decisions and having less um issues with things that we might still have issues with and and it's just something that takes a long time but it's not that we're not moving in a good direction yeah and that was quite quite uh, like powerful to hear when we had that interview it was a great interview yeah, it was look out for it it's yeah. gonna come out in july this month <laughs> i think who even knows nobody well, knows we have so many backlog 
Um, yeah, definitely. And I have to say, I agree with Watermelon in the chat who said that they're of the belief that we should attempt to meet people where they are and bring them to the light. And I feel that that is my perspective as well. Um, like that, I, I do try to kind of meet somebody and be like, try to understand ish their point of view, even if I don't agree with it or like, see maybe like, is it something in your upbringing? Like that's made you believe this or think this way or um, like what Frasley makes the point about the white fragility book that we're reading in book club right now about the white frame, like can that apply to other social norms like oh. the heterosexual flame frame? Flame? The, heter the heterosexual frame. Really I like heterosexual flame. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> um, or like the what other societal norms are there? Like the the male the male frame and the ed like the education frame. Like 100%. to go through like college, university, and get a job and and carry on that way. I do think that all the isms that we're talking about, they all have their own frame that and flame. <laughs> that that, that we're deep caring. Seriously. <laughs> That's how we roll. Yeah, but I do think that everything that you said, like it's not just the white frame that we're navigating in, it's the it's the all the isms that we're dealing with, sexism, racism, ageism, ageism ableism all the isms navigate in a certain frame um that we number one need to be more aware of and need to get more aware of and and that we're all participating in in a way and and yeah that's why i think we need to often really really question ourselves a lot and reflect on how we do life and what we do in our life and that just because we haven't experienced it doesn't mean that it's not there or that it doesn't exist and that's why I personally always try to, and I'm sure it doesn't work all the time, or most of the time it probably doesn't work, but it's about the emotion or it's about the person. Like if a person tells me that's how they're feeling, then that's the valid point that we're going with. And if somebody tells me that um, I was born a man, but I am a woman, then that's what I'm going with, or that's what I need to go with because your emotions are valid and your, your approach to life is valid. and and and. I'm not the one to tell you that you can't do this or, or, or that you can't experience life like this because you're the one experiencing your life. I'm the one experiencing my life in my own way. And, and, and that's just, I think if we would do that more and be more underst understanding towards people like that, then we would have probably less issues. And then we can still disagree, but at least we could, we acknowledge and res respect the other people's, experiences and we can say that's not mine but i see how 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 it's yours and then go from there yeah i i like the the train of thought that you were on there it's like your nobody else can experience your lived experiences mm -hmm. and when it comes down to it like you just need to accept people for the experiences that they've had and how they are as a person and i mean sure we might get to a point or that person might get to a point where like they make a decision like we can let's let's talk about Halle Berry today she she was um being like uh casting for a role as a transgender woman mm -hmm. and she she was like yeah this is going to be my next role i'm really excited to to like learn about this role and like learn about what it was like for this trans woman to 
to be. I, I think it was for like a, a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got a lot of flack about it because she's not a trans woman. And like we, she came out today and said that she made a statement that she's no longer going to play the role. She's going to turn it down because as a cis woman, she doesn't have the lived experiences of somebody who has transitioned and it's not her place to tell those stories. And like, I think we need to support people more to have a change of opinions. Mm -hmm. Like we give people such a hard time for like not for changing their opinion or for not changing their opinion or for like what they've done in the, in, in their history, like in their past when they are trying to change and be better and we still give them grief because of what they've done 15, 20 years ago or even last week, you know, Mm. like we're all learning, we're all growing always forever. Like, Mm. God, if you're not like, what the fuck is the point of life? Right? (laughs) Like it's all about becoming a a better and a higher version of ourselves and helping other people do the same thing. And if we're holding them accountable, like I'm not saying people shouldn't be held accountable for like horrible shit that they, they have done. But like, I think if we're holding people accountable to things that like uninformed opinions that they've had or Mm like choices that they've that they've made like not harmful choices but just like just maybe poor choices that they've made or or things that have happened like i mean god i wouldn't want to be held totally accountable to the decisions of 15 year old amanda like uh, i mean maybe honestly not. Like, and some 15 year old amanda was awesome sorry <laughs> <laughs> of course she was <laughs> i was <laughs> also we have to acknowledge that all of us live in the same society like I'm living here on the countryside, right? I'm in Austria that is full of traditions for what the actual fuck, when I can't even start all of those. And my real life experience is very, very limited with all of the things I'm talking about right now. So my entire upbringing and everything that I'm, that I'm experiencing in my real life is that is all stuff that I had to to unlearn and learn. And I'm still noticing things, even maybe last week or an interview or something we talked about two weeks ago where I'm like, wow, that's something that I was brought up with, that I was socialized with. And, and, and that I can't, that's not a fault of mine. Like it's something that, and I need to reflect on that and I need to be able to reflect on that. But sometimes I need to say shit out loud <laughs> to then hear myself say it. And I'm like, that's actually crap what I just said there. And that's not just me, 15 year old Monica. That's me, 35 and a half year old Monica as well, which was last month, for example. Everybody fucks up in their life and does shit occasionally, occasionally, occasionally. <laughs> and it's just important that we are allowed to make those failures and because of these mistakes and because of these failures we grow yeah i like as somebody who has had some pretty serious failures failures in her life like uh in in recent years as well like spectacular business failures um like it's inside those failures that you learn and you grow and you become better and you see like okay that sucked that was a huge failure. How can I learn from that? How can I use that experience to grow as a person and figure out how not to fuck up so badly the next time? Like there is just, there's beauty in failure and there's Mm -hmm. beauty in being wrong. And it's just like owning it and 
understanding that you're not a bad person because something because you did something bad or you're not a bad person because you you made a poor decision i mean like yes okay there are occasions that maybe you are just a really bad person um like but i think for the majority of people there's a way forward into a better life i do also think i mean frasley said it in the chat some people show they never learn but we also need to be aware that the ability to reflect on things i am pretty sure or i am quite convinced that not everyone is able to do that about themselves and about their life so it's um just something that we also need to be aware of because for us we're talking about shit like this all the time like we are used to reflecting on things and even even though we do that I still turn around and say some shit to my boyfriend because some, because it's I no, didn't reflect on that properly. And I do think that we need to be aware that some people just have a hard time doing that in general because it's painful and sometimes it's stressful and sometimes just not worrying about things is just so much easier than constantly worrying about things. And I think some people either make a decision to do that or not do that. And some people just simply can't reflect because also because of the way they've been raised because that was never a thing because they never had an experience in their lives where they had to start reflecting on what happened and that's we can't condemn people because of that as well because that's also not entirely intentional i think that's just because they are not where they their life is comfortable the way that it is right now and they're they if they don't have if their life and their society and their surroundings never bring them to a point where they need to reflect on stuff or where they have to reconsider things they said, then why the fuck would they? <laughs> like, why would they? It reminds me of the conversation we had with our other resident feminist, Virginia, from the feminist shop. And she was saying how before she opened the feminist shop or started or even considered herself a feminist because she hasn't always been, um, like she didn't think about like shit all with all the time and now that like this is her job she's a professional feminist i i named her that and it's so true like yeah, her I mean, life is true. feminism um and since that is her life she's like i sometimes wish that i could just turn off how much i fucking care yeah and like i get it because it it is hard to care so much all the time and it takes so much energy and it it hurts when like you see other people that don't give a shit the way that you give a shit but you know it's moving forward and 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 just giving a goddamn shit that is gonna get shit done you know yeah 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 for sure i mean i don't know how how much we can people force we can for how much we can force people into a position of caring because it's hard it is just hard and exhausting sometimes and sometimes i just wish i would be dumber <laughs> because it's just I would probably worry less. I would probably walk through life being all whatever. You wouldn't be concerned with so much in your life if you wouldn't think about everything so much. And that's just, I totally feel Virginia on that. <laughs> I wouldn't even go that far as to say it's a decision. I really think that some people are not capable of doing that. Like, capable of... of because it would question their entire worldview. And I'm thinking a lot of a friend of... Of, a, of the ex-husband of a friend of mine where I'm like... If he would start to reconsider how his life is or or reevaluate how his life is, everything 
would come crumbling down. And why would you do that? Like, why would you? That is terrifying to think about. And instead, if you keep up the facade and if you keep up the thing of I'm strong as fuck and I can have everything figured out, that's just less exhausting. And I can see how people wouldn't want to go there. For sure. Like, I I definitely see it. And like, I, I would be lying if I said that there were moments that I wish that I didn't care. Because like, yeah, it's it's hard but it's it's the right thing to do and it's the good thing to do for like yeah. for ourselves but also for society like if people if everyone just stopped caring like god <laughs> i wouldn't even go that far as to say they don't care but also you need to fill your own cup first and if you're not capable to rebuild your own like if you tear the house down and you're not able to rebuild the house again after what you just torn down then what's the point like then they it won't help anyone and and then i'm like we would have way more broken people around if they would deal with with and individualism is hard it's hard because you have to question it was and it's i mean it's culturally and so sociologically well good that, word good word like um we, the society has been changing and not too long ago it was more about the we and the family and the group and just in recent like in the last 20 30 years maybe it became more about the individual and more about what do we want from life like my mother couldn't even um get work that she wanted to get um without the consent of her father she wanted to come become a seamstress but they, she had to become a cook and even a friend of 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 the weirdo he's a carpenter now because his family owns a carpenter business and he's in my he's my age and i'm like that's not that's not so that's now that's still real and we only now start to figure out what do we want from what do we want in life what do i want to do and it's a lot of work and still can't figure it out i'm 35 now and i can't tell you what i want to do and that's just sometimes <laughs> and it's just really uh, something that we start to unlearn and learn something new and this entire process is just so much that i see where some people still are um stuck in the way where where it's like it's about us it's about family it's about what i know because that's what i know because everything in between becomes so uncertain and so loose and you have to want to go there yeah so it's all a, a progress that we make in society and i think maybe that's why it's so messy now because i don't know we have to learn we all have to learn maybe that's why it's such a horrible place right now because it's always a mess before it becomes something better you always when you bake a bake bread or make a cake then it's all shit before you at the end you have something really great in it and the kitchen is a mess and everything's a mess and you're like this will never be a cake and this will never be anything edible and in the end you have an amazing cake maybe that's where we're at right now i think so like i've been saying since 2020 fell apart that like this is something good is gonna come out of this like i mean i'm saying it Yes, I'm saying it because I have to believe it in my heart that that's what's going to, like, that's what's happening right now. I have to believe that mm -hmm. because if I don't, then it's like, then I will fall apart. But I also, like, genuinely believe that there is going to be something beautiful that comes out of this absolute breakdown because yeah. 
because there there is beauty and destruction like you just need to look like even seeing a building get demolished like it's fascinating and it's pretty like stunning to see something go from being like 50 stories high to falling in and crumbling in on itself and it's really weird and strangely beautiful mm-hmm. and then there's going to be something nice afterwards even if it's just a flat surface that you can then decide what to create from next and maybe that's where we're aiming towards it's just like an animal crossing right like after you completely level your island and you move all your villagers onto the onto the beach and then you flatten it all and then you've got a beautiful canvas to start again on so i had to bring it back to the geek highs and lows yeah that's where I'm at for a month now or more. <laughs> and the, but I'm using the time for my blue rose to grow, which is not happening. But yeah. <sighs> but yeah, that's I guess that's how it is. And that's also the duality of life is high and low, I guess. It is. I was going to say it's riding that wave of like in, in the duality and mm-hmm. knowing that you both sides and like Fandangli said about sitting on the fence and viewing both sides but it is not just viewing it it's writing it and like figuring out how to grow from it Mm, yeah for sure yeah and you forgot what you were going to say no what I was going to what I wanted to say was that we also need both because otherwise why would we know what what state we're in right now if we like how would we know something is good if we wouldn't have the comparison of something being horribly bad and some experiences in life they will forever shape you and maybe make you a calmer person like you and the business situation is something where you're going to be like approach things way differently now and that's probably something that you that manifested with you where you're like that changed me in a way where other things will never happen again because of this. And for me, it was when my mom passed away, when when it was like nothing ever compared to the pain that I had when that happened. So it's like a lot of drama. I'm just like, pfft, like roll down the backside of me because I couldn't care less because so I had so much pain already in my life. And because of that, I know also when 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 good stuff is going on, and and also when I want to care and when I don't want to care, and and I think that's just how life rolls in general. And yes, while some even geeky stuff that we loved for such a long time now had such a downfall, that doesn't mean that some not something amazing can come out of this. Because look at the Gaily Prophet. They got so much more, so many more people now following their stuff because people need that need it still. People are not willing to drop the drop it all and they're not willing to burn it burn it all down because it was so important to them. And that's where you can create community from this as well. You can find your people and you can you can find what fits which shoe fits better for you if it turned out that the shoe was broken. Wow. What a metaphor. <laughs> that was a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like absolutely not what we, what the topic said it was, but we're here for it. Yeah, not at all, but I'm glad it was a good conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> that <laughs> was not topic, what I was unrelated topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want more like discussion, like throughout your time in between having us in your ear holes you can join us in our discord channel because um we talk about serious stuff sometimes and celebrate happy things and 
talk about Animal Crossing and like all the all the fun stuff like over in our Discord channel. Yeah. So yeah, um, for anybody listening on the podcast, that's at geekcaring.com forward slash discord. And it's a, it's a pretty nice place right now. And when you get there, it'll be even nicer. Ah, look at you being all cheesy. Sometimes I'm cheesy. That is very true. Um, and just before we head off, I would love to read a new review that we got. Um, yes, I know which so one. So this is. comes from Darth Brooks, and we'll just go with that username. So Darth Brooks says, A light in the dark. I feel like Princess Jasmine and Amanda and Monica are Aladdin because they've opened up a whole new world for me. They've helped me understand more about the struggles that women are facing in our entertainment sphere. And as a father to a, an LGBTQIA child, Amanda and Monica have given me the tools to now open up a whole new world for my kiddo. To me, that is everything. My son was dealing with crippling depression and he finally started to come over that when he came out. Now we're exploring content creators and all kinds of stuff to help him feel like he is a normal kid. Thank you both, and I can't wait for the next episode. I almost teared up a bit. I did a little bit. I yeah. read it, and I was already emotional, but you reading it now made me more emotional. Yeah. So thank you so much, Darth Brooks. Um, and you know that we know who you are, and we love you. And yeah. thank you for that that review. And we're really glad that Geek Caring helps. It's so great to see that we do actually help for so long. We've been shouting into the void and we haven't heard anyone. And then now it feels like people voice what they what, what what how we help them and it's just so nice to see because I had no idea. So uh that's what we've got for you this week on Geek Caring. Stay tuned for another awesome episode of Geek Caring next week. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.